You're experiencing the Authentic Chaos Podcast, an exploration into our inner selves and journeys of self-discovery. I'm your host, Bahagan Yarnosian, and today I'm joined by a good friend, Samit Sarab. Samit, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Bahagan. I know we have talked a lot outside these podcasts, but this gives us a platform to just share how introspective, how intellectual conversations we have, and that's a way to connect. Bohagan has been my friend for over two years now, and we have talked on a lot of topics, and it never feels old. <laughs> yeah, we always have like interesting things to talk about because I think we both uh, approach the world in like kind of our unique way, but also like similar enough ways that, that we have a lot of things in common, even if some of our are like our views may differ enough to have like interesting discussions around. I, I really loved how we respect each other, mm -hmm. the point of view at many points we differ, but the good thing is like we just respect each other's point and just learn from it. That's the most important thing. Oh yeah. Respect is key. Respect is key. The important thing is if you ever get into discussions with people is to be able to separate the person from the idea. Many people can have many ideas. Some ideas don't even originate from that person. It's just an idea that they hold, and it's okay. Ideas can easily change, but we have to look past that when we're getting to know I love people. That. Yeah. This uh, is one thing which <laughs> makes me love Hagen more and more. Oh, thank you, Samet. I appreciate <laughs> that. And uh, the original listeners of the podcast will recognize that, like, Samit was my very first converse, like guest on my podcast back when we were audio only. The OG gang. Yeah, yeah. So it's so good having you again. I know you have a, su a super busy schedule, so I'm grateful that we were able to make some time to make this happen. I'm so glad I'm here. So what's been, what's been exciting you lately? Yeah, it's been a long few months since we saw each other and uh, I would say I've been exploring my life more than what I was doing before mm -hmm. so that means what do I like what do I dislike where do I want to see my life to go so for me showing myself out in the world being making a community of people and learning from each other and learning about how they conduct their life is super important. So that brings me to trying new creative forms, for example, dancing, uh, improv comedy. And uh, I started this new game, Pickleball. I joined this athletic club where I, I get to meet people who are, uh, who are in their 50s, 60s. There's this guy I play pickleball with. He's 74 and uh, I just talked to him that hey what's the secret to your fitness at even at this age and he said that we have been doing this for our entire life and her uh, his wife actually plays with with her and we, I also play with them mm -hmm, and this, mm -hmm. he said that among uh, all the things I had a good marriage so you know when you go to these things places and then when you talk to these people you just learn things which can give you a direction in your life. I love that. It's like getting different perspectives. Exactly. So, um, have you? So, you've been doing this for a while now. You, like for like the past year, year and a half, you've been exploring all these different avenues of where your life could go, or 
things like that. So, um, what's, uh, what's something you've learned about yourself from all of these activities? That's a good question. Uh, I think life is something which you have to decide how to live. And, uh, I've always thought in my mind that this is my perfect life. This is how I want my life to be, but it never turned out to be like that. Mm. I always thought that, Hey, I'm going to do this by this date. Like I'm going to travel to this place by this time, or I'm going to do skydiving by this year, but mm -hmm. it never turns out to be. So it's very important to live in the moment and realize what could be achievable try to achieve that like i know that i want to do improv comedy for example but i haven't been doing it for past one year although it was already in my mind since mm -hmm. i was busy but it's okay that i was not able to do for last year i eventually did it so yeah. you don't have to plan your life as it is it's sometimes it's okay to be imperfect and the main thing is to feel happy while being an imperfect yeah i think that's i think there's a lot of beauty in that there's this idea of so first i was thinking about like how maybe you're governing your your life with expectations like and i and i had a very similar situation like when i was um earlier in my 20s i had basically my whole life planned out for me like I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I kind of knew where I was going to live and like what kind of like life I wanted for myself. Um, but then like th that all came crumbling down around me and I realized all those expectations, all those dreams of the future was just, was not really my dream of the future. And it was a dream that was like instilled, put, given to me. And that I had to like kind of figure out what my future was and that that vision of the future was just as real as like any other daydream like but it wasn't yours vision yeah it wasn't quite my vision it was kind of the vision that like my parents had for me that I then adopted into my to my mm -hmm. own vision and you know that vision for them was what their parents probably gave to them and, and yeah. things like that you know that's that's super important anyone listening i think one thing you should get out is like don't live anyone else's life live your own life but how do you tell if you're living someone else's life i have realized that whenever i do something i in my past i always did that so that i could have got the others validation that hey mm -hmm. i went to this thing or I, I went to this party because my friend wanted to, because he was there, he asked me to. Not that I wanted to. So when you see that you are doing something to seek someone else's goal, let's say your parents said, hey, you need to study this thing so that you can become this. Ask whether you are studying it because you want to become that or whether your parent wants you to become that. Yeah. Uh, that's a really good question and the, the importance here is like honesty like how does this like goal this vision feel for you like versus other things like because ultimately i feel like if you trust yourself you'll like have an idea of what your priorities are and what your core beliefs are and your core truths 
mm-hmm. and like maybe it requires some like and this is this is a practice i do every now and then i like try to reflect on what are my priorities in life what are the things that i feel like i want to have and are those things that are actually core of me or are those things i want for another reason that maybe isn't authentic to me like do i want to have like a fancy car because it'll provide me happiness or is it because i want other people to think like oh i'm a i'm like a cool well-off guy right like do i want to have like uh do i want to travel the world because i actually care about like other cultures or because i want all the instagram shots and like people to know that i live a fun life right and like that's some a reckoning I've had like over the course of several years that like, you know, slowly by slowly, little by little, I've been noticing like, you know, I when I travel, for instance, I don't really care much for like I don't usually do a lot of Instagram photos when I'm like traveling or living my life. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is something that um people like people have like told me about and like something I've recognized within myself that like when I'm living in because like when I'm living in the moment I don't find the need of capturing it in a photo or a video because for me the moment is more than the scene in front of you the things that you can see with your eyes or hear with your ears the moment is like the people the moment is the occasion it's the context that you can't really capture and the moment you try to capture it, it looks, it's a lot different than the actual, how the actual moment felt for you. There are the emotions that maybe with that we can't capture and can't really express easily to people. Mm-hmm. And maybe one day we'll be able to do that. Maybe one day Instagram will have an ability to like share the emotion behind the scene. Oh, I would but, love that. But like we don't even know how to communicate emotions through like words very well yeah yeah that's one thing you mentioned that some people just try to show off their life and uh, they instead of enjoying the moment they just like oh i need to find the best shot or picture so that i can Mm -hmm. show it to other people i think that's important that you first be in the moment but this is where i I have a different opinion okay i'd love to hear it yeah that's why we are here. <laughs> <laughs> so some people do take these, like, instead of being in the moment, they make, they try to get captured that moment and like mm-hmm. share it with the world. I would say that you can do that. It's, there's no harm in doing that. There's no harm in like showing off to other people, but you have to know why you are doing it. Some people do it for wrong reasons. For example, seeking validation. Yeah that only if someone sees it and then validates me that hey you are going to a cool place you are you have a fabulous life and that gives you the dopamine effect that's mm-hmm. for the wrong reason but if you are sharing mm-hmm. it because i want to capture this moment so that when i am like 60 years old i can go back and see oh hey i i think i look good uh, like I went to these places or hey I care about my family my mom she needs to know where what I'm doing so I need to share this with my mom so let me click that so that when I talk to her we have good memories to talk about so see the reason here are different like yeah. I want to share it I want to click it I want to instead of being in the moment I want to capture it because 
I want to look back into it or I want to share with the right person so that I can share my memories. Not because I want my mom to validate me or my friends to validate me. I think that's fair. Um, I would ask how many of the things that you take photos of do you think are like such like core memories to you that like it is something you will share and you will like feel the same thing you felt when you were there? I, I, to be honest, I'm a very photogenic person. If you go to my Instagram, <laughs> he's <would> very photogenic. <laughs> you take very... excellent photos. <laughs> <laughs> but I would say whenever I take those photos and it's in my, it's my profile or on my camera backlog, it just pops up every now and then you have seen the mm -hmm. iPhones like yeah, yeah. memories feature. And when I see those, I just take, I, I'm just taken back to that moment and I just feel that moment when I see that picture yeah and that gives me the happiness so let's say today I'm having a bad day I'm not traveling for next one or two months and travel has been a part of my life when I just see them it inspires me it makes me feel hey I was with this friend I made on the trip let's talk to them let's just by looking at those pictures mm -hmm. I just happen to start chatting with this guy yeah. how beautiful it is yeah, yeah. So, and that's definitely great. Yeah, this is, I mean, you got to use these moments to enrich your life rather than to, you know, like seek validations or just put, put it in the backlog and not do anything about it. Do you think we could create these core memories without the photos and videos? That's a good question. Yeah. Uh, some people are really, I think you should provide your opinion there since you basically use this as a core memory instead of clicking it. Mm -hmm. I think some people can do that. Uh, having these pictures helps you to revisit those core memories, but what do you think? So what I felt found that helps me is like, cause I have very vivid memories of things I never like took photos of. Like I, like last episode we were, we talked, uh, we talked about mindful eating. This is like mm -hmm. months and months ago. Um, but for me, like food is a very important part of my life. And like uh, about like, it's a story of, I see food as a story of people. And for me, like there, I, um, I have vivid memories of some meals and like to me those are like core memories of mine of like the like the meals and how I felt and like the sensations in my mouth and like because like things that like touch multiple of our senses and like create this physical emotional mental connections I think can be like there are is a lot of um, impact there in creating those as core memories now consider this like how did people memorize things before phones or before pictures yeah. or even before writing right like before we had writing structures we were oral mm. and in oral cultures they they don't have a writing system to write things down they didn't have a math system to come up with photography like they don't have any of that maybe they can like paint some things mm -hmm. but it wouldn't be quite the same so how they memorize how they remembered things was through like oral chants and stories, narr stories about their, about themselves, about their families, about how their world 
came to existence Mm -hmm. and even stories about how to do certain things like how to cook some things or how to navigate or like how to like which animal tracks are good and good and which ones are bad like um people would have such strong memories of things that happened a long time ago and would uh it was a very present way of taking things from the past and talking about the things from the past that are relevant today so it's like you're constantly thinking of the past, but you're also using the past to focus on the present. Mm-hmm. And what I think that, where I think that uh, phones and photos and videos rob us is the ability to make these core memories more often. When I make a core memory, I am committing fully to be present in this situation. I am using as many of my senses as I can. I'm feeling my sensations in my body and my mind and my emotions as I'm engaging in this. When I'm like paddleboarding, for instance, I feel like the the movement of the water under my feet. I feel like the the warmth of the sun like grazing my skin and like providing it that like warm glow and then the cool water under me like cooling me off and like refreshing my body and like sensing like tickling my nervous system you know um because they say like cold water baths are like good for you just a little splash Mm -hmm. and like just that elation i get like an elation when i'm on the water and just like it's hard for me to not smile because it's like it just feels so right and so good and like that's something that i can take photos when i'm on the water but it doesn't capture any of that feeling i love that the the way you were describing that moment i felt like i was there there, (laughs) my girlfriend talks a lot of the time that like i always paint very vivid pictures with my words and uh you know i that's something i've actually reflected on that like i am ultimately i am very keen on storytelling for me like storytelling is how my mind like um organizes information because a lot of times when I want to share an idea with someone I've got to provide context and so um and I'll provide an example yesterday uh Chiri and I were like hanging out my girlfriend and uh she is like I've got a question for you and I was like oh what is it and she's like oh not yet I've got to wait for the right moment (laughs) (laughs) and of course she waited until I got until we got a super high Okay. And then she put the phone in my face and she asked me the question I'm going to ask you right now, right at this very moment. How often do you think about the Holy Roman Empire? Oh. <laughs> A very deep question. How did you answer? I'm asking you. Okay. First of all, I'm not high, so <laughs> I, I still no, We're all sober here. <laughs> <laughs> but Again, this goes back to what no, I was no, no, talking. No, no, no. I want first. I want you to answer. How often do you think about the Holy Roman Empire? Maybe once a month. Okay. And what what brings it up? When I talk, when I see the world, actually, when I fly in the airplane. When you fly in the airplane. Yeah. Okay. How how come? And this is a big, big, very deep conversation we can get into. Whenever I fly uh, on an airplane and look outside the window, I just kind of realize that we are just a very tiny subject in this entire world. Yeah. 
and then i just start pondering over all these life things that we are just busy with a small things in our life like we are working for a, this company and then we are trying to go to gym we run we do things we fight with our girlfriend or, or we like we have issues with our family and then we s- cry over those or we do all these things but it all does not matter in the grand scheme of things mm-hmm. when the civilizations you think and and then i start thinking back about like all the past civilization which is one of the roman civilization then going out and thinking about like we are this whole human population human civilization and then this world people are trying to conquer moon now these days mm-hmm. we don't know mm-hmm. what's outside earth uh, hopefully we'll get to know it sooner so that's how i kind of think that we are a very small uh, puzzle a small cog in this whole puzzle and then that's that's where you have to find a peace with yourself that uh, whatever you do should impact you you should be the one to care about it because this whole civilization is very big it's not going to impact human civilization or this world in a very big manner so you should not uh, like fuss over like small things that oh shit i missed my class or i spilled mm-hmm. a coffee i don't need to cry over those because it's just doesn't so matter. like in the greater context greater, it doesn't yeah. matter but at the same point like does that mean that none of your suffering matters to me it matters yeah so for we think that we are suffering and we should expect other person to take that burden so we expect that oh my family should be there to support me i'm not saying they should not be but <laughs> yeah we 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 appreciate community support here yeah <laughs> but i think you have to realize this first that you have to be the one to feel that suffering and then take responsibility or make sure that you are the one who takes care of yourself first so why did you feel suffering in the first place mm-hmm. um, because it's on to you to feel happy sad if let's say your family member was not there or maybe you are alone and then you are seeking someone to help you out uh, you need to first understand that what you need help with and can you help yourself uh, like did could i have taken care of myself in a better way mm-hmm. or things like that do you have an example in your life of like a suffering that you had that you, like you that these insights helped you with yeah i would say um let's take example of uh, i've been doing a lot of food again going back to a mindful <laughs> eating episode and uh, <clears throat> when i realized that i have i'm not in a good physique i'm not in a good health and uh, i try to put this on someone else that oh shit like i have to go to work so i cannot mm. exercise or i have to hang out with my friends so i have to make sure i conform with that group so that i i enjoy my life i party or like i drink or things like that so i always put things on something else and that was a reason i was putting for my suffering that i'm i'm not in a bad health because i i have to do these other things but is that true when i realized maybe not like i could say no to my friends that hey i don't want to 
hang out or i don't want to drink or i don't want to eat something which is not good for me or yeah. for my health so it's always up to you to decide your suffering like whether you want to be that suffering so i i said no to a lot of thing if i remember last year like when i was working on my transformation uh i i went to thanksgiving party just just because i want to hang out with them not because i want to drink or i yeah. want to like eat a lot of food i said no to all those foods over there um i i just ate what was important for me at that point in time so you have to find the right reasons to do something and even for you in this case if you have a suffering make sure that you are taking responsibility of the decisions and always you should have people around yourself i had like lots of my friends who supported that oh yeah we respect your decision mm-hmm. so you should have the right set of people around you who can respect your boundaries your decisions and help you get over those sufferings yeah i think there is an there is um an important element here that you talked about toward the end of like having leveraging more than just yourself like you can take responsibility but you can recognize that maybe it'll require more than just you to help you out with yeah. your suffering in this case like in this case you use your community support your friends were willing to create an environment that was better conducive toward your goals and yeah. what you were trying to do so like if they didn't do that maybe it would have been harder if your friends were always like yo let's go get drunk and then you'd be like well i mean i can't hang out cuz like i don't want to do that like um so yeah that's an impor- that's a super important aspect and i think also shows that like um sometimes your suffering isn't your responsibility sometimes it's unfortunately the exploitation that you face like you know, for instance on my last episode in our last episode with tessa we talked about food insecurity and how food insecurity and financial insecurity in the US actually result is very strongly correlated with higher rates of obesity because a lot of the food that is cheap to buy mm. at the grocery store is the food that's actually really bad for you and is like high in calories like very like high in like highly processed foods which we now know I read an article the other day that uh our consumption of like ultra processed foods and uh ultra processed foods with fake sweeteners is correlated with depression. Mhm. And this was a study on like 32,000 people like over 4 years. So like uh and maybe it's just like kind of preliminary but like we're just learning now that like the diets that have been created for us that we had no no say in, right? Like not many people like far are have the land to like grow their own food. Mm. And if you're poor or like you're hungry you're not you don't care you just need calories you don't care about what the nutrition is you don't care about the other effects you're just trying you're just focusing on surviving day to day so i think in that example you can't just say like oh this is my fault because i'm eating poorly literally you have no choice exactly i mean that's the sad part of the world we live in and the society we have built like capitalism where yeah. we the ultra processed food is cheaper than the raw food because the raw food takes a lot of effort to keep it in the state they were there mm-hmm. and uh, 
Well, it's also subsidies. It's also like artificially cheaper. Like in the ultra processed foods, instead of using cane sugar, they're using high fructose corn syrup, which corn is subsidized in this country. So it's very cheap to make. And it's very easy to make highly dense, like highly like sugary things very cheaply. And we know that like the more sugar we add to things, the more like people want to buy it because it gives us like that dopamine rush in our minds. So like literally it's, the system exploiting our, um, our like, uh, insecurities and like these like weaknesses and vulnerabilities in our mind and our brain chemistry to exploit us. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I have been like reading food labels and studying it a lot. Yeah. For example, if you see any of the chips packet, there are good chips, there are bad chips. And uh, if you see the ingredient list, if there is like a thing called MSG, uh, monosodium glutamate, yeah. the whole purpose of that ingredient is for you to get addicted to the food. Well, I mean, MSG is fine. There, there's not like monosodium glutamate is a naturally occurring thing. It's in tomatoes and like mushrooms and stuff. It's not like it's not bad for you. It's just extracted from that. That's, That's the, the point. point. Like, like people extract or industry to extract it from natural food yeah. and put it into some unnatural food which is not good for you like i haven't seen anyone getting addicted to tomatoes i don't know if you have <laughs> i don't know i i love tomatoes but i grew up eating a lot of raw tomatoes okay. like and i'll be honest like at first tomatoes weren't my thing i thought raw tomatoes were a little weird it's mostly the texture for me like, cause yeah. they're like really slimy around the seeds and I'm like, oh, I don't want to deal with that. But like, you know, I've gotten used to eating raw tomatoes. And the nature has done its job. They have added the right ingredients and right food so that humans right. can like find it. The, the fact that tomatoes are red in all this green world is to make sure humans get it and eat it because it's, it's, uh, it has lots of other nutrients to along with MSG. Well, I think the color is mostly for birds. Are they? I think so because um, it makes sense with how the seeds are formed. Like the seeds are in these like gel pockets, basically. Yeah. The birds will peck at them, and they don't. They can't swallow. They can't crush the seeds because they don't have teeth. So mm -hmm. they swallow the seeds, and then and birds also have a much stronger sense of vision than we do. Like they see colors more intensely. So that bright red tomato they see is like a flaming, like all this super colorful really drives them into it. Mm -hmm. um, and then they, when they poop, they, the seed hasn't been really like crushed yeah. versus like humans. It's actually inefficient for the for tomatoes to be eaten by us because we have molars yeah. which grind things and that would grind the seeds. I see. So it's actually inefficient. But because it has the other nutrients that we like, like monosodium glutamate, which is that umaminess yeah. that like really we love to eat. Like I like umami is like an excellent, excellent flavor. Um, so like we've learned to cultivate them mm -hmm. and because of that, like, you know, we've cultivated the foods that have appealed to our palates the most, but yeah, I think the color and the way that tomatoes have evolved probably are more to do with birds than, uh, than with That's us. That's a new thing. I mean, birds are, are ancient. Birds are like technically aviary dinosaurs. Like yeah. they've been around for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. I, I, I totally see that. I mean, it's also very, uh, I would say, to appreciate this fact that the tomato which, which is being there, I just realized that 
the, the plant which has that tomato it's serving its own purpose the, oh, the yeah. fact that you talked about the seeds the plant is just there to make sure someone eats the tomatoes and mm-hmm. spread the seeds yeah what, what is a fruit but like it's a seed pod it's, it's a, se- a seed yeah. pod so that yeah. the plant can have its own children i would yeah. say yeah at some other place because biological life the key algorithm of natural selection of biological life is survival mm-hmm. it's whatever it takes to keep propagating i totally agree i think when i when i think about all this concept of why we are here living in this world what is what is our purpose and when i whenever i go back and go like why why like the seven level deep why mm. question <laughs> i then realize that whatever we are doing is to is to propagate our civilization or like humanity you would say like yeah. whatever we are doing today so that we can make sure our race continues and it progresses yeah i mean yeah i think our our minds are a product of natural selection and so it makes sense that our minds have evolved to be this like species specific like greedy th- algorithm of like propagating our species mm-hmm. there's like that's what you need to survive and that's what every species does every species tries to survive as best they can and it's like really interesting like the interplay between these like different systems that need want to survive and how they learn to survive together yeah which brings to brings me to a great point that all this boils down to our survival and then we at a personal level don't think about it mm. you know what i'm yeah. saying uh, when i realize that people live to their 60s 70s they don't live a life which they want to live going back to our first topic we talked about <laughs> living the life you want to live yeah they don't think about that in order to survive like progress you, this human civilization you have to start with yourself first so when you are 60 you, you still need to be in a state where you live or contribute to the civilization so it's very unfortunate that some people don't see this big picture and then they just live in the moment i'm not saying in a good way like in a bad way they live in the moment so How they're so? going to splurge their like life on things which won't help them you know like survive when they are 60 70s like mm. some people get sick when they are in 40s they are on diet pills and all and they have to like live a life which they don't think they want to live so it's also very important to think uh, some of the consequences of the decision you are making for example like selecting an unhealthy lifestyle for example mm-hmm. it may feel good in the moment but is it what you would want to when you grow old uh, so health i i mean i would also ask yourself is it is it really feeling like good in the moment mm. like cuz like a lot of the i feel like a lot of the times if you're living a an unhealthy lifestyle then there must be some kind of there is something that makes it unhealthy right like there must be there's a reason why we call it unhealthy so like maybe maybe you're eating a lot of uh, sugars and like fats and like your stomach is hurting a lot mhm or maybe like you're lying on the couch all day and like your hips and your back ache mhm like this is like your body telling you in the moment like hey something is off here like maybe this isn't the right thing for you like unhealthy means it's literally not good for our bodies right or our minds mm-hmm. and it, i feel like if we're being honest with ourselves that's our warning sign 
that maybe we need to go back to the mean. Maybe this was fun. It's fun to do for a little bit, but like it's fun to like I I I have a sweet tooth. I'll eat ice cream now and then. Like it's great, but like if I eat too much in mm -hmm. a single serving, like I like I will be like I'm not enjoying this as much. And so like from that I felt like okay, well, I naturally moderate myself because when I stop enjoying it re like like when my Dimin when I see those diminishing returns on mm -hmm. my satisfaction, I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't, I don't need to do this anymore. I don't need to consume anymore. Yeah, I totally agree there, especially about the point of listening to your body, because I have done the both extremes. If I if I really? talk about my life, so yeah. one extreme is where you are very much onto unhealthy food, like processed food. I've been eating lots of sugars, mm -hmm. and on the other extreme, I have been where I have like fasted for forty eight hours. Oh and gosh. I have been on a diet which is keto, like 20 yeah. gram carbohydrates for like extended period of time every day. Which is day, so hard to do. Which is very hard yeah. to do. And, uh, That's like eating a fruit. Not even a fruit. A fruit, if you find like they have like more than 20 gram of sugar, oh, like carbohydrates. Sure. Yeah. I'm talking about carbohydrates, yeah, not, yeah. Just sugar, not just sugars. With fiber and everything included. Yeah. So I've been on both types of diets. And uh, I realized that you have to really listen to your body because mm -hmm. even though when I was on a very processed food diet, sugars and all, and then I had like this bad, uh, gastro in, uh, issue, I have to see a yep. doctor. I have to like, uh, get bedridden for a month or oh, like, shit. like I have to stop eating foods and all. And then that's where my transformation into health started. And then yeah. I took it to another extreme where I was like fasting. I was not eating. I was doing, I was on ketosis, mm -hmm. which is, uh, in a, I don't know if you guys know the number, but there is a range, uh, I don't zip. know it too well. I don't know. I don't so there, there's a range for ketosis. Ketosis is basically a process where you, your body starts burning fats actively instead mm -hmm. of, uh, carbohydrates. So basically when you eat all this sugar food, that's the first energy source, uh, that's your body burns. But if you, you can also train your body to uh, burn fat, which is yeah. available all across your body. And that's the liver does that it produces ketones. So to measure, uh, how much ketones are producing you, you need to use a blood sugar and ketones level. So I, I measured that and the range was, uh, it's, it's from zero to 25 and, uh, below seven, it's when your ketosis starts and when it's below two, or 1.5, it means you are in a high, it can only be achieved in a state under doctor supervision. Oh my God. <laughs> and I was able to go to 0 0.3. What? Like on your own? On my own. Is uh, that healthy? It is healthy. Is it safe? If you know what you are doing. Okay. So I, I read a lot of articles. I knew how to get into that and get out of that. It's very yeah. important to know the pre and the post of that. You should not do it just because you want to do it. You need to, otherwise you can. It sounds like you could really hurt yourself. You can hurt yourself. You can die. Some people have oh died doing that. So I wouldn't suggest anyone without, but I have talked to a lot, a lot of doctors. I have listened to a lot of people. Uh, so I knew what I was doing, but it basically, my body was in a state where I felt that, mm, like this is not a sustainable long-term thing. Yeah. So. So you should find a right balance. So that's where I dialed it down. I don't do it often. Uh, I only do it like earlier. I used to do it once 
a month mm-hmm. uh, sometimes like like the 0.3 or? like 48 hours fasting okay, i would okay, say okay. sometimes i go that was the extremest i went to otherwise yeah, yeah. now if i do it i will only go to like the normal healthy range of ketosis which is between 3 and 5 which is good for treating diabetes cancer that's the range where your body starts killing your cancer cells and But is that is that like is that well known or is that like actual like it's, it's a scientific research, research yeah your body like... starts eating your uh, because you don't have an, any energy source so what oh, your so body, you're consuming yourself yeah my man your body is like super smartest thing no robot nothing in this world is as smart as your body it knows yeah. how to survive going back to that whole point of survival your body knows how to survive so if it doesn't have the right fuel it will start attacking the things which it doesn't want which includes the cancer cells and all uh well i mean i i would think that it's consuming the cancer cells cuz it's just trying to consume everything at that point like it's just burning whatever it can for resources it's, it is like cuz if the body could really determine cancer cells then wouldn't like our white blood cells like be able to like it's it? hard it's hard yeah, you bo- you have hard. to put your body into under stress otherwise when you have carbohydrates in the body which is readily available in your blood stream why would it go and find cancer cells when your body knows that it's readily available in in your blood it will just pick it as an in but like it doesn't but also like humans have developed like we evolved from like apes or from yeah that we're eating like berries and like and like uh roots and nuts and stuff like that things that are like very high in carbohydrates mm-hmm. like so I don't know if it's like a natural thing necessarily. If it was a natural thing, why wouldn't the body like handle cancer is like in its normal state? Do you know why all these early humans were like so healthy and they did not have like all these diseases? Uh well, they had they had diseases. Uh yeah, I mean they in got, general they got they were... some pretty bad ones. <laughs> <laughs> they can... didn't, they weren't disease free. <laughs> But Maybe it's, it's it's because of other reasons, but in general it was told that they they were in general healthier than the current human civilization mm. because uh they don't eat food they have been fasting for longer periods of time you know like because hunt they were hunters and gatherers so it's very hard to find the food they have to make sure they hunt well they they, the they were actually more i mean they're m- likely more of like how early human are we talking early human where they don't have anything like they started fires Okay. I'm talking about So those. like in that case like they were probably more gatherers than hunters. I would say both hunters and gatherers. I think know? it's more I think it's likely more gatherers than okay. hunters though because think of think of how like the what it means to be a hunter. You were putting your life at risk mm-hmm. for this highly calorie rich diet. But like you could die on the hunt. Yeah. And because of that um are and I think there's evidence of this in like how our guts have formed like our gut microbiome like it we can't consume red meat for instance at the rate that most Americans or most people this generate or this generation like consume meat mm-hmm. like people get into uh people get like cancers of like in the digestive tract in their colon because they're eating so much red meat Mm-hmm. and our bodies just don't know how to process it at that rate because it was a very rare thing. Mhm. Um so I think that we were likely more carbohydrate based because like look at like the apes before us like they're not they're not hunting for animal flesh they're like 
eating like maybe bugs there which is as they're a protein source they're eating like a lot of fruits a lot of like they do have a very carbohydrate rich diet too mm -hmm. and like think about how um even post hunter gatherer like the biggest some of the biggest impacts of our brain development didn't come when we added more meat to our diet it happened when we found agriculture and we developed complex carbohydrates because like that's an easy energy source mm -hmm. for our brain to do more com more complex computations. That's fair, yeah. I mean, yeah, those totally make sense. Um, but what I was I was I was coming to the point of like the reason I talked about fasting was and that it treats those cancer cells mm -hmm. and your body's super smart. That came from like an analogy with like the early humans where they don't eat for a longer time because mm. food were scarce in general. Right, Hunting is like sure. a dangerous job. They ha they get food once. In fact, even lions today, like they eat once and then they stay there without eating for the entire month. Like that's, yeah. that's I mean, it takes a long time to digest yeah. all that protein. So <laughs> yeah. that's all the that that's the fat. difference with <laughs> today's human civilization, the early human civilization that people fasting was part of their normal human civilization mm -hmm. routine mm -hmm. today we have a breakfast once we wake up in the morning like right. to, we have a dinner we have like our easy access to like all the sweets in the supermarket that yeah. was not the case with the early humans they have to like fight for it so they knew that their body is not going to get these carbohydrates easily they have to work for it so it has to conserve energy mm -hmm. and uh, that's that's why i say like healthy fasting should be like a very important integral part of anyone's life in fact many harvard professors and uh, there are many uh, many people who have reversed aging or in the process of reversing aging who say that skipping breakfast or like making sure you give your body time to heal because if you are al always eating food your body is busy processing food it's not sure. busy he healing your cells or other things sure sure I mean, it makes sense to me to like, to not be constantly eating. And I think like our body even sends us signals that it doesn't want to constantly eat, right? Yeah. Like, and I think a lot of overeating uh, when you're not like in a food scarce situation comes from like when we're not paying attention to our bodies. Cause sometimes our, uh, I came to a revelation a few weeks ago that many of us are foreign to our own bodies like we don't really understand how our bodies work or what our body signals mean mm. we get a sensation you get a sensation in your belly and you're like oh am i hungry or am i worried or am i thirsty or am i nauseous mm. like it could mean uh like a plethora of different things and if you don't understand yourself well enough then maybe you'd say like oh i have a feeling in my stomach that means i'm hungry and then you mm -hmm. eat some food and then like maybe the feeling goes away because it's satisfied, but like then it comes back again. You're like, oh, I'm, I'm hungry again. So you're training yourself to not read the nuance of the signals that your mm -hmm. body is giving you. But if you like try to like explore what your body signals mean and like how you can address it in different ways. Like for instance, a lot of people don't realize that a lot of signals of hunger from your body are actually signals of dehydration. So That's if true. you drink some water, a lot of times those feelings go away, like feelings of nausea, even hunger will go away. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, but there are other signals, too, um, for that. Right. Like right now I've got like 
a little bit of a sensation in my stomach and I'm thinking like, oh, am I hungry because it's lunchtime or am I thirsty? Then I say, okay, well, what are some other signals I got? Okay, my lips are a little dry, so maybe I'm thirsty. So I'm going to take a Rich sip of water. Yeah, hydration break, you know. <laughs> maybe that's why. Maybe that's why I'm actually feeling that way. And so maybe you can start with the like the le the lesser impactful things cuz like drinking water is is easy low calorie you know mm. like is a necessary is a general good thing for our bodies so like you know try that out and then you know if you're still feeling something afterwards then yeah sure maybe have a snack like it doesn't have to be like a full meal every time like you know you can have some fruit have some like nuts like mm. there there are different things you can you can eat and like i think everyone's microbiomes and our guts are very specific to us and so and it changes over time like i've found uh myself i can't eat certain things anymore like i can't drink beer anymore because mm. well i can drink it but when i drink it i feel a very big like bloating sensation that like yeah. makes me very uncomfortable so that's me saying my body's saying like hey uh we're not doing this anymore and so like i'm not gonna fight it like one of my friends suggested, oh, just take some Tums and then drink beer. And I'm like, I don't want to take drugs to tell my body to not do it. Because, like, who am I to tell my body that I know what's better for my body than, than my yeah. body? My body is literally sending me this signal for a reason. I totally agree. And this goes back to our point of living your life, not living someone else's life. In this yeah. case, a society's life that you have to have breakfast at this time or... No, like if your body doesn't need food, don't eat. You'd have to listen oh, yeah. to your body. I mean, I I kind of figured out I was lactose. I'm lactose intolerant just because I listened to my gut that, mm -hmm. oh, whenever I drink milk, this doesn't feel good among all the things. Or if I eat something which is uh, rich in in milk, I feel bad. So let's, I listened to it and yeah. then I realized that this is not good and then I dialed it back. If I would have just been listening to my palate that oh this tastes good or this is this is this is good to me i would not have figured it out so listening to your body is very important did you find any like um like mental or emotional side effects when you like stop when you like listen to your body and like in this case stop drinking milk i yeah i mean that that is also another aspect of eating some people associate emotions with eating which is also not healthy for example, you feel sad or you feel lonely or bored mm -hmm. and then you think that food can change your change those emotions. Like they use food to change those emotions, which is unhealthy in itself because you're not listening to your body like whether it's need food. You're listening to your senses, like your mind that, okay, I'm feeling bored. So maybe food can, eating food can take me out of that state instead of like body saying that oh do you actually need food well i think it could be i think this is actually a good example of what i was saying about how we misinterpret our body signals because we don't understand our body mm. um i was talking to a ther uh, like one of my therapists like a long time ago about how because um, like whenever I would get a vulnerable, I would feel in, I would feel like a sensation in my gut, like my gut had just mm. been punched, like I just lost the wind, yeah. wind taken out of me, right? And I was like, where, what is that coming from? And there is this well-known research that like we store a lot of feeling, like a lot of emotions as physiological effects, and a lot mm -hmm. of that is stored in the gut when we're children, and so 
in the same way that I said like, oh, sometimes you get a weird sensation in your in your gut and you're like, okay, that's that's hunger. I feel like sometimes when you're you can get that way when you're feeling like sad or like angry or something like that. That's why a lot of people will sad eat because they do feel a sensation when they're sad and so they attribute that sensation to hunger. So when they get into that and then they get into this loop where because they're maybe not eating properly or overeating, they're like it is affecting their mentality. So they're maybe more sad more often. Mm -hmm. So then they're eating more often because they're feeling that signal. And it's, it creates this like vicious feedback loop that like becomes hard to break. And I think that's just further evidence for my my posture, my um my theory that like we don't know our bodies we are aliens to our own bodies and if we really want to live healthier lives and live our own lives we kind of have to one accept that we don't know our bodies and then try to be aware of them and try to like really listen to them and feel for them and try to follow what they're trying to tell us mm. I, I i was just reminded of this thing we call our gut as the second brain right like think from oh, your yeah. gut there's this mm -hmm. uh these sayings that oh you my gut is saying not to do gut this not feeling gut feeling gut instinct yeah yeah do Did you know do you know why that is i i have my i think i've read that gut is the second brain because it's directly connected to your spinal cord it actually has a whole different nervous system yeah like it's not even it's not even like the second brain. I would argue that the gut is the first brain. Oh, I love that because it's actually an older system. So the enteric nervous system is like the digestive tract, and it has neurons in the digestive lining, yeah. right? And it has similar sensations. And the reason why we feel we feel like emotions directly related to our guts is that um, think about like organisms that don't have brains still consume organisms mm. without central nervous systems still need a way to consume because consume taking in energy is a key part of biological life a key part of survival so like before we had brains we had mouths mm. we were able to eat things and digest things and then eventually we came up with new modes like legs to walk with and eyes to like see more things with and or mm -hmm. like um and all these things but before that we were just like maybe light sensors on a on a stomach and now we're this more complex things and the but and the gut is so old it predates our brain by like i don't know how many million years um but like these two systems are basically completely foreign from each other that would be like if part of us was a dinosaur <laughs> Man, you should be my biology teacher. Back in high school. <laughs> I could have used so all these a lot lessons. of my. I mean, I don't know all of the details, but like, but like, it is true that there is this nervous system in the gut, and like, I find yeah. it so fascinating learning about these things because it makes so much sense why there's so many disconnects. Because like, we we're already starting off without like no one teaches you about your body, no mm. one teaches you how to use your body. In fact, um. Did you ever have, like, did your parents ever tell you, like, um, to finish your your plate, finish your food, mm -hmm. even when you weren't hungry? Yeah, a lot of time. I've been, yeah. like, scolded, beaten just because I did not drink my milk or I didn't eat my vegetables. Yeah, right? <laughs> but, like, what is that but your, your parents telling you to ignore your body? 
mm-hmm. and like listen to them instead. Instead, they're saying like, if you have food in front of you, you must finish all of it, regardless of what you want to want to do. So, how is it a surprise that we have an overeating problem in all of our cultures? Because literally, people are telling you not to listen to your bodies at at, at a young age. That is a good point, and I don't know if if you have any opinions there. Do you think some people are not in a state to take right decisions for themselves? In this case, listening to their body. For example, you know, kids like they are younger, like three years old. They are gonna say, "I don't like vegetables." They're gonna listen to your palate, and they they're gonna say that I don't want to eat healthy food, right? Because yeah. And but someone has to help them. In this case, their parent. They have to no. You have to eat your vegetables. You have to do this. What do you think about some getting help or someone? actually needs help to listen to your body listen to their body i i feel like children is a unique case because like they are literally learning their minds their minds are like developing as they're getting older so like they don't have maybe they don't have like all of the they're like very greedy right like kids especially at a super young age are very egotistical they don't even consider other people yet Mm -hmm. but when they get like slightly older like even at four or five they start to have empathy and start to understand that like other people exist and other things exist. So like, I think it's important to expose your kids to as many foods as you can mm. at an early, as early an age as possible. I feel like kids become picky eaters when we don't let when we don't have them try many different foods. Like mm-hmm. if you have them eating the same like um, the same baby food all day every day, um, they're probably not going to develop very like exclusive very like extensive palates and that's why it's suggested that when your kids are as old like when their kids are old enough like and are able to like chew food you start giving them little bits of the food you're eating mm-hmm. so that they're used to eating the foods that like you know you'll be eating they like get a diverse amount like get used to diverse flavors because like some flavors some aromas they take time getting used to like bitterness right like if you give a kid like a coffee bean or something super bitter, they're not gonna like it. They're gonna spit it out because they're gonna be like, "What? What is this? This is gross." But like we recognize now as adults that like there is a subtle beauty to having that bitterness. Like they're mm. like bitterness sour. These things like they're there for a reason, and we appreciate them for a reason. But like you've gotta expose uh, kids to that stuff for sure. Yeah. So yeah, you need help at an early age because you don't you don't understand enough of what you are. You don't like, in a lot of cases, you don't even know who you are. I think this is one of the topic I'm very curious and maybe we can explore in another session, like mm-hmm. parenting. I mean, in today we can just talk about like how can you train your kid to do this at a very early age because all of these things happen in your family when you are growing up. So how could yeah. you train your kid so that they listen to your, their body? before like deciding what to eat, what to not eat? Well, I guess maybe before we talk, cause like neither of us are parents, right? Like, yeah. so what can we add to this conversation? <laughs> but like we can tackle this at the point of like, as adults, how have we learned to deal, to like listen to our bodies? So how, how do you think, what do you think has helped you as an adult to listen to your body? Yeah, to me, I think uh, my life has, uh, my life motto, I would say, if I write my autobiography, I would write it as <laughs> fail, 
learn prosper something in that would that sense. be your title yeah Fail, so learn, i have always uh, learned from my failures and that everyone should do that because my life revolves around trying everything mm-hmm. and see what i like what i dislike fail at things and then learn from it so for example i have seen the worst phase of my life where i was like eating a lot of unhealthy food or like doing everything and then that took a hit on my body on on my mental health and then i realized oh do i really want this in my life because i want to live healthy when i'm 70 so that i can still do all these experiences in my life i want to i want to like travel to mount everest when i'm like 50 or after 50 or i want to do skydiving when i'm like old so mm-hmm. if i have all these needs if i all have all these things am i going to do this if i'm continue to do this in this way so that was the first place i started with where mm-hmm. i realized what i want out of my life and the thing which i'm doing today including doing like eating food take exercise does that help me get to that state that's the first introspection i did and then i realized what is not working okay definitely like i'm i'm low in energy whenever i wake up i don't feel the same or when i go to sleep i feel like super like low mood and mm. i can i don't feel the need to exercise i'm all my on my couch so just seeing all these life patterns and whether it ties to my life goal um where i see my life to be that was the first step i took to see listen to my body that okay something is not working my body is not giving me the energy to do things i want in my life and then where where am i not getting the energy maybe it's the food so let's start going fixing the food then going what else can can give me the right energy oh let's do some exercise or let's work on getting off these extra fat i have on me so yeah. it's a slow process i took it step by step but if i answer a question i try to tie it up with the life goal i have had and whether it's helping me achieve that or not i think and i think like that's something that everyone can do just like try things and learn try feel what it does learn from it like cuz ultimately our bodies are very personal our minds are very personal so no one can really tell you how to live your life mm-hmm. um we can only express how we've lived our lives and what has helped but i think like things like trying things out and even things that like try things without expectations like if you want if you like think you're if you want to try new foods like don't go into it thinking like oh this is going to be weird or gross or whatever like just try it yeah try it and feel what you feel if you feel like oh this isn't for me that's fine right like we're not telling everyone who hates cilantro to eat cilantro but how are you going to know if you de- never try true i mean i i I, a lot of my friends know me and even at my work my boss and my colleagues know me and they just see me physique and they said oh this guy like he's like super strict into like just eating chicken broccoli he's not like doesn't eat any sweets and I, i'm like i think you are mis misconstrued about that i i'm a very i have a very sweet tooth and whenever yeah. i go out on a vacation or anywhere i i try everything i try Yeah. I make sure when I was in New York I tried all the delicacies I went to milk bar I want to uh, I tried this banana pudding I tried all the sweets I had Oh yeah because <laughs> I know that this is my life this is how I want my life to be I want to try things but I feel very proud in my senses that 
i don't get addicted to any of those some people just eat it and eat it and like they don't see it as like a once in a thing like yeah. i do this because i want to eat sweet food and it's okay to have like you just said like i have you have ice cream yeah having it in a moderation is is okay but if you are always consuming ice cream that's not good so that's that's how i say it like try it and but just don't get addicted to the things which are not good for you i mean that's but that's easier said than done cuz like addiction can come fast and rapid it can be caused by things you don't like are kind of out of your control so like i think it's easier said than done to say don't get addicted to the bad things maybe everyone needs to eat tomatoes <laughs> monosodium glutamate the natural monosodium glutamate. Hey, msg is good don't don't knock msg <laughs> i think we should get addicted to tomatoes i would not worry if i get addicted to tomatoes <laughs> Can you imagine you come to a party and you're just like snacking on tomatoes? Oh I think people would th- be people like, what's going on? Summit. Summit, like, why are you bringing your own salad or tomatoes? I'm like, oh shit, like, I don't have food, good food, so I'm going to eat my own food. <laughs> I mean, the other day, my colleague was complaining, oh, what are you eating? Is it just chicken from like canned? I'm like, yeah, because that's my go-to food. Wait, canned chicken? Canned chicken, yeah. What is canned chicken? the one from the costco like you tear it apart and then there's like chicken with broth oh okay oh, okay yes. i okay like the soup the soup and okay, the chicken okay okay i i like never go to costco so i like i don't i don't know what the costco stuff is oh costco is good man like they have like <laughs> super good ingredients organic i would take you to it but it's so time. much quantity do you think i i don't need a quantity <laughs> does i mean i mean does anyone need a quantity like my my mom was raising like three kids and even then we didn't eat all the stuff we oh, got yeah. at costco i know the pain but yeah that's good yeah so um you've been ma- making these intentional efforts to make uh to make your progress toward your life goal where does your life goal come from like where does it where did it originate from i think uh, when i talk to my therapist about it and explore this most of this comes from my childhood the intent i was bro- born and brought up with mm-hmm. to excel in life and uh, basically it was we can explore this in some other session but sure yeah yeah we're yeah, yeah, so yeah, the, we've been going for a while <laughs> <laughs> i think most of these things comes from my childhood and my upbringing that I always want to achieve things in my life so that I can make my parents proud mm. which is again for the wrong reasons because yeah it's it's important to make someone feel proud especially your parents but that shouldn't be the driver of your life um but hey in a good sense that has helped me do a lot of things in my life like try a lot of hobbies or like make sure that I'm always improving but these days i am doing it for the right reason because i want to do it and i want to live a life of experiences which i have decided to yeah i think i i can relate to that like i a lot of my initial goals and a lot of even my emotional needs were like needs that my parents had or even needs that like my company had like things like thinking about productivity and efficiency like where do these come from but besides like our work mm. so once i like reflected on that and realized that like even the words i was using to describe like my how my days were going were like based were someone else's words 
it like helped me reframe and like rethink about what my life vision is and like i'm different i don't have a life goal per se because i'm but like i'm trying to live my life in a in a much in a different way i'm not trying to live a life that was planned out because i i my belief is that if you plan things out then you must you probably have to know about what's going to happen in the future you mm-hmm. have to have those expectations but what if those expectations don't get met exactly you're tying yourself to i think expectations are tethers to disappointment mm. and so if we have if i i know that if i had life goals because i did have life goals and when it looked like those life goals were no longer achievable i like i got depressed and i fell into depression and my health like fell through with it and like i i it was hard for me to like live mindfully and presently and it was got to the point where I wanted an identity change. I, I left the area I was living in. I changed my friends. I changed my look. I just wanted, I wanted a fresh slate, a fresh clean slate. Cause oh, wow. I was like, everything had come crumbling down before my, uh, like around me. And now I'm living, like I'm trying to live without expectations and just like going with the flow of my life and like, go like not just like unintentionally going with the flow but like intentionally making my efforts work with the flow so mm-hmm. that way i can just glide through and live a life that's just pleasant all around all throughout until till i die totally i mean if anyone listen, like wants to have a short formula of happiness here is how i put it happiness is is equal to reality minus expectations mm, i like that yeah, yeah yeah so if you if you and if i talk in mathematical terms if you keep your <laughs> expectations low your happiness is anyway gonna be high because you can't control the reality to a certain extent like you can do yeah. it for a certain extent but there are lots of external factors what you can control is expectations so if you keep it in a good good uh, threshold that you that makes that keeps you motivated and not like super high obviously the 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 equation will make sure that you are happy yeah and if you're if you have expectations that you love holding on to like ask yourself this like what like you can dream about where you want to be in 10 to 20 years or even 5 years or even 1 year but how accurate are you at predicting your future could you foretell the things that happened before mm-hmm. um I read an interesting study on where they studied people and asked them, um, and I'll ask you the question that they asked. How much do you think you've changed in the last 10 years? Like on a scale of one to 10, where 10 would be like, I've changed, I'm a completely different person, and one is I'm basically the same person. I would say eight or nine. Okay. And how much do you think you're going to change in the next 10 years? If I take, uh, this as a start i wouldn't say i would change a lot uh, probably from where i am today it would be a two one or two point in so you think you've reached the peak this is it the summit today is going to be the summit 10 years from now that's a very hard question again i think myself as a lifelong learner i know we talked about this that uh, i see a lot in future and you live in the moment uh, but I still have this thing of 
and that is that goes back to that improv comedy which we were supposed mm-hmm. to talk in this podcast <laughs> no we've we've been having a lovely chat <laughs> yeah so living in the moment is something i'm trying to actively make it part of my dna as i i have been living a life where i was looking into the future and trying to see oh like i need to do this 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 in mm-hmm. my future but mm-hmm. sometimes you have to appreciate the spontaneity of things and that's why i went on two trips this year mm-hmm. without planning i went on mexico border without even realizing what documents you need <laughs> on the border <laughs> and i only realized oh shit i needed a hotel booking which i did not have and then i had oh, to yeah. book they're not going to just let you walk <laughs> in <laughs> so sometimes it's 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 good to just appreciate the spontaneity in the life so that's yeah. where i would say that i cannot give an answer to you that have ideas the peak that's a very bold statement i don't think so I then why do you think you're going to change hardly any you cuz you're saying you're going to be the same person 10 years I from now i think from a, f- a physical um level uh, or emotional level i have reached a certain level of uh, you know understanding or world view where tomorrow if someone tries to divert me to some other thinking i would be open to it but the core values i have made out that hey i need to stand up for myself i need to understand my body my health right. my some of those values i i have kind of ingrained and i don't think that's going to change i would still be trying to live a healthy life when i'm 40 uh, next 10 years but you I don't would, but you don't know what you don't know what values are going to change what needs are going to change you don't know how your body's going to change like exactly. or your mind's going to change right so like um so in this study that they did they so in this study it was a generational study and they followed back, they followed up and like asked them again mm-hmm. and they're like okay you said four or like a lot of people um they found actually under um they underestimated how much they were going to change in the next 10 years. They I and, think so, yeah. And uh it's it's called the end of history illusion. Mm. Where we think sometimes we think of the past as a story that got us to where we are today mm-hmm. and this is it. This is the end of history. We are we've made it. We figured it all out. Mm. But really today's present is tomorrow's past. the past is just the story of how we got here today mm-hmm. then we are actively part of that story so why wouldn't we be cha- why wouldn't you change again like another 8 to 9 you know yeah totally i mean uh, yeah thank you for making me realize or think through that again like i wouldn't have thought about this when i was 10 years back like when i was yeah. a 20 years old kid that hey i could have been this maybe my 40 years old self would be saying the same hey like I, we are yeah. doing podcast here <laughs> maybe you've got maybe you've got kids and like you yeah. found your like at being a father is like fundamentally changed yeah. you right like it's totally possible it could like i could ditch my experience thing uh, i don't know uh, when i'm i'm a father i have a family yeah uh, maybe you're like traveling the world as a no- as a rugged nomad with oh a long God. beard and long hair like <laughs> i love this podcast i'm getting so many ideas now <laughs> yeah totally thank you so much i'm i'm loving this yeah so you know keep your keep it open and keep that keep yourself give yourself space to be surprised by yourself 
I think one thing that is going to help me in this is, or every anyone is like being open-minded to any experience. Like, yeah. if you are open-minded to having family or being a nomad, as these examples, uh, and then take what you want to do. I think that that is important than whether you're gonna change or not. Make sure that you are always seeking uh, a thing which you want in your life and open-mindedness. Yeah, yeah. Seek what you want. Feel what you want. Authentically. Yeah, that's how you become. That's how you you find your authentic self, your authentic chaos. It's a lot more feeling. Yeah. That's why I come to the podcast. You have (laughs) to be authentic to yourself, your feelings. (laughs) So we've been going for a while. Um, Do you have any last thoughts that you'd like to say before we close out? I think most of our our conversations revolve around living the life you want to live whether it's a body thing experience thing so again i'm summarizing that point that it's very important to live the life you want to live instead of the life which someone else wants you to live because they they are important part of your life your friends your family obviously you should listen to them that open-mindedness thing but at the end of the day you should be the main character in your life you should be the hero the main person who drives your life otherwise when you are on your deathbed are you gonna say that hey i did not do skydiving shit (laughs) i don't want to do that (laughs) yeah i mean ultimately it's your life that you're living you're not living someone else's life so live your life and dream your dreams love it well thank you so much simit this is a great conversation as always it's great to have you on and we'll have to have you on again soon and like go into more chats i feel like there are a lot of other conversations oh, that yeah. we wanted to talk about so um thank you again this was a lovely chat thank you so much for inviting and uh, yeah i love i love the conversation and thank you so much for experiencing the, with the, uh, with us listeners um if you're watching on youtube spotify apple uh, make sure to like the podcast and subscribe um follow us on instagram at authentic at authentic.chaos and since we referenced our first episode a lot i will include that in the description in case you haven't listened to it or interested in our very first conversation about mindful eating which was a really great conversation i thought thank you so much again and as always embrace your chaos with kindness